Tappers, what's up? It is the Wednesday edition of the Daily Tap. Hope everybody is doing well. We have a good show today. We're going to talk about why the Rams probably need this a little bit more than the Green Bay Packers. And we'll do a betting preview on the end of that. We'll also do a betting preview on the Minnesota-Wisconsin game. And a Chuck's Corner. We haven't done a Chuck's Corner in a long time about Thanksgiving Eve and the memories that I once had, and now they are unfortunately gone. It'll come back, but they're gone for now. We'll, we'll get into all of that. Let's start with the Green Bay Packers and the Los Angeles Rams. It is a massive game. Buck and Aikman on the call. Primetime game on Fox. It's the game of the week. It is, I think, the top game on the overall NFL slate. You might have heard the term, hungry dog runs faster, and that is what Green Bay is dealing with again this week. They dealt with it last week as well. Minnesota was a team that needed a win, that was desperate for a victory, and they were able to get it done. And you looked, Minnesota looked like the team that was that hungry dog in the first half. Now, Green Bay woke up, came to life, and in that second half, they started to put it to Minnesota. And if Green Bay played that way in the first half, they would have won that fucking game. I think every one of us can say, honestly, hand to God, that that was a very weird football game, and maybe we can throw it out. And I know that seems so nonchalant, seems so Packer fan-like to be like, all right, the the two out of the three, or all three, excuse me, all three losses that you guys have had, you could say we could throw them out. But Honestly, it's true, and maybe it's a topic for Mitch and I in a longer, longer form show. Sorry, we're not doing any podcast with Mitch this week. Um, but you have the Ram- the Vikings game, which again, it's a lot of stuff happened. I wouldn't say it's a, a like a throwout. It's just a game where nothing went right for you. I guess that's what it is. The Jordan Love game definitely a throwout. The Saints game a throwout. So I I wouldn't say that the Vikings is a complete throwout. It's just the game didn't go right for you. And the Vikings were that hungry dog. And the Packers are dealing with that again this week. The Rams are going to be a hungry dog. They are going to be a dog that is running a lot faster. Now, the Rams are locked into the five seed. The Rams are probably going to be the five seed no matter what. It's going to take a team getting crazy hot down the stretch. Now it's possible, right? You have a team like Minnesota or San Francisco who are playing each other this weekend, which is actually a low-key great game, and I wish this was on another time. They play at the same time as the Packers. I feel like is there's any way we could have got you know that as a flex to Monday to Sunday night or the Packers and Rams probably was protected to Sunday night would have been great. But regardless, you know, if whoever wins that game, all of a sudden they are on the Rams' heels, and both Minnesota and San Francisco have a game left against the Rams. And currently, right now, San Francisco has a tiebreaker against the Rams after beating them two weeks ago. So that game is really significant, and it's part of the reason why the Rams need this game more. Now, some could argue, well, Charlie, don't the Packers need to win this game to keep pace with the Vikings if the Vikings do win again this week? Yes, kind of, but I do look at it and say, all right, you have the the Chicago Bears upcoming in two weeks. Now, I could fire their coach. We'll see. Um, You have the idea of potentially 
the Ravens and Cleveland, tough games, but I, I don't. There's so much football left to be played. I don't worry about it as much for the Packers. I'm not saying the Packers should go on easy street, but I'm just saying if you think about all the stuff the Rams have to deal with, there are reasons why they're going to be in more desperate need for a win. And another thing too, the Arizona Cardinals are only are one game ahead of the Rams. If the Rams win, they kind of keep pace. We'll see what the Cardinals do this week. If they have Kyler Murray, if they don't, I actually think they're on bye. Um, regardless, they the Rams want to keep pace. The Rams want to make sure that they are staying level with their opponents. And they can't, if they lose a game to the Cardinals here and they already are down a tiebreaker, now they could get it back. They're going to be in a bad spot. They're going to want to try to keep winning football games. The other thing, if you lose again, the narratives will balloon with this super team. Because everybody is going to be like, well, you put together this awesome roster, and now you've lost three straight games. So how how does this work? How does this make sense? I think sometimes we forget that the NFL, football in general, is not the NBA. Um, There are so many more parts to it. There's so many more things that go into it. Same with baseball, right? That you can put together a ton of great players. And at the end of the day, if your bullpen sucks or your starting pitching isn't good, that's going to ruin you. For the Rams, I don't know about their running game. They haven't been able to run the football that well. Daryl Henderson has been okay. He's been He's been good in spots, but he hasn't been electric the last few weeks. He's getting banged up left and right. Uh, you are out Robert Woods. You the defense has been okay, but again they gave up what thirty points to the San Francisco 49ers who were basically dead. And you look at Shanahan's playbook, and Matt Lafleur has a lot of similar concepts to what Shanahan was doing. And Shanahan was able to get an edge over McVay, and has had an edge over McVay and Lafleur the same. Lafleur was one and zero, and they looked really good against that Rams defense last year. Remember. They absolutely tore up that Rams defense. I understand that Jared Goff was a shell of himself. And when it's a shell of Jared Goff, that is like the shit. I'm trying to think of like a weak shell. That is just the worst kind of shell. That's not like a good shell. Like Aaron Rodgers is a shell of himself. He's still like an average to below average quarterback. Like Jared Goff being a shell of himself is something way different. So. I get that, but remember, the Packers put 35 fucking points on this team last year, and this defense isn't that that different. So they can do it again. I do worry about the pass rush and the offensive line, but Green Bay has an entire week to plan for it. They have an entire week to get ready of how they're going to approach this game with their offensive line issues, with, with Aaron Rodgers' toe issue. They're going to figure it out. They're going to make, make it happen. I, I trust that the Green Bay Packers... We'll figure this out. I really do like the Green Bay Packers in this game. Other things to think about. The other couple things to you know acknowledge with, with this game and, and everything like that is Matt Stafford has never delivered in these spots. Matt Stafford, I know quarterback wins don't matter, right? It's like it's like pitcher wins. But Matt Stafford has been terrible against quarterback or against teams with winning records. And I get some of that is Detroit. I I understand that. But in these big spots, Matt Stafford never seems to deliver. So there's a ton of pressure on Matt Stafford to deliver. And he has not been good against Green Bay. He's not been good at Lambeau Field. 
there are a lot of demons there for Matthew Stafford. And I will not be surprised if he lays an egg in this game. It's also going to be 37 degrees in Green Bay as a high. That will fall as the game goes on. It's going to be cold for those LA boys. They're going to, I'll know immediately if Los Angeles is cold or not. If I see them huddled around the sidelines, if I see a lot of long sleeves, we'll know right away how cold everybody is. Now, they played here in in January. It was cold then. It will be just as cold, or not just as cold, but it will be a chilly one for, for the Rams. Now, obviously, you have to acknowledge Cooper Cup is an issue. No question about it. Uh, you saw what Justin Jefferson did. My assumption would be that Joe Barry fixes some things and makes sure that Cooper Cup does not beat the Green Bay Packers. And if that, that is a problem, then we have to worry about number one ride receivers. And then we'll have to kind of do a almost step back of why are these sort of slot slot type receivers. Now, Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson aren't slot types. It's more their body size, body type. Why are they a problem for this Green Bay team? But we'll cross that bridge if we need to get there. At the end of it, it's a fascinating matchup between everybody who knows everyone. Joe Barry versus McVay. LaFleur versus McVay. Bear, you know, everybody knows everyone in this organization. Now, I shouldn't say that, but the main, the key cogs, there's a, there's, they know what everybody's going to do. They know the moves. And so I'm sure there's a lot of game planning, a lot of strategizing that's going into this week. The Rams having two weeks to prepare does not make me feel great. I'll be honest. The Rams needing two, needing this win also doesn't make me feel great. But Lambeau is a great fucking equalizer uh, for this game. From a betting perspective, it is currently a pick'em. Uh, the over/under is forty-eight. It started Packers minus one and a half, which makes me think that the Packers could be home dogs by Sunday. And if they are home dogs by Sunday, that is a treat. Regardless, I like the Packers. I did a bad job last week. I should have told you to stay away from the Packers. The run that they are having against the spread with nine straight was not sustainable. You never see it happen. It never seems to work. I know that that is so weird to think about from a like a win-loss perspective, and you're like, why should ATS matter? But the last team to do it was like the 92 Chargers that had a run like that. So Green Bay, you know, and their spread covering, you had to acknowledge it. And you sh- and I should have said that, and we should have had a longer discussion on it of why this might be the week to jump off. And it was the week to jump off. And we didn't see that. I feel bad about that. Regardless, this is still a good Packer. This is still a good bet for the Packers. Still a a bet that I would like to make for Green Bay because I do think against this Rams team in Lambeau Field, Stafford struggles, running game's a little bit of an issue. Defensively, they've not been as good as I think people expect them to be. Um, I think Devontae Adams has owned Jalen Ramsey in the past. I think Devontae can, can go right at Adams. I think the EQ, Josiah stuff that we saw last week, I think will continue. I think what happened with the defense last week was kind of a fluke. I really do. I, I think that, again, Kirk Cousins made a lot of big throws. And so if Matt Stafford makes the same amount of big throws, yeah, maybe the Packers do lose. But I do think they can win this game in Lambeau. I do think they can get it done. And I just see the Rams as a pretty boy team who can't win in the cold. 
As for the over-under, um, the trends love the under. Four out of the last six for LA have gone under. For Green Bay, it's seven of their last eight. The over-under is 48. I, I've i told this before, but I hate the number 48 as an over-under. I'm never right on it. I think it's one of the sharper over-under numbers for football because I think you can you can be way right about it and you can be way wrong about it. I think 48 is, is a really tough one to handicap. I would stay away, but if you are someone who's an over-under better, I think you lean more under in this one given the cold Given these defenses are pretty good, I'd be surprised if we see a ton of points in this game. Let's move on to the Badgers and Minnesota betting preview. Before we talk about the line and the over-under, let's just talk about the scenario. We obviously know this is the Axe game, right? We, we, we know that this is a massive game for, for Wisconsin, for Minnesota. This game always matters. I love that it's at the end of the year. It used to not be. Kids forget that. But it used to not be. I think in a couple of years from now, it's Badgers and Iowa are going to play this last week. And it's they're going to move around. So I think their schedule is moving, which is unfortunate. I think this should always be the last week in November. But that will be a topic for another time. What's at stake here is if the Badgers win, they're in the Big Ten title game. They lose Iowa wins on Friday against Nebraska. They're in. Now, if the Badgers do fall in this game and Iowa also loses, but Purdue wins too, every team has three losses. So what happens there? I don't know. I should have pro- I should probably know, but I have no idea. That is all hell breaks loose scenario. Um, it is definitely not an easy thing to figure out. I don't think anybody's going to be happy. Um, if it's a selection, I would assume that the Badgers would get the get the nod. They, to me, are playing the best out of the four. But who knows? I'm sure there is more than just a selection. I, I think that's how it used to be. I would imagine there is a tiebreaker that would go into an effect that they would, they would take. Maybe a common opponents thing. I'm not sure. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I, I assume the, the folks at Fox who are calling this game will have a breakdown for us. The Badgers are seven-point favorites against Minnesota with the over-under being 39. Seven feels high on the road. Now, I know this Badger team is rolling, but they're facing a carbon copy of themselves. So I get a little queasy about saying, all right, lay the seven with the Badgers. The Badgers have been good on the road. They're 3-0 ATS this year. They've really played well on the road, actually. Uh, their struggles have come actually at home this year, coincidentally enough. Now, arguably their hardest game on the road, all things considered, because they have a fired up gopher team who has an outside shot at making the Big Ten title game. They want to bring the axe back, simply put. I mean, they got it once in 2018. It was at Camp Randall. Then the last two years, the Badgers have won it back. Uh, They got it back in 2019 in Minnesota in that snowy game, premier game. I think College Game Day was there. It was a massive game for the Badgers and the Gophers. And then you had Wisconsin get it back or keep it in 2020 with nobody around at the end of the Big Ten season. Minnesota's chance to get the axe 
in Minnesota for the first time since 2013, 2003, not 2013, matters. That is a extremely important thing for Minnesota. You know P.J. Flack is going to have this circled. This is his Super Bowl. This is the type of shit that P.J. Flack gets up for. This is all the motivational bullshit that P.J. Flack brings to the table. Like This is something that he lives for. This guy gets boners thinking about get, holding up the axe in, I think it's now Huntington Bank Stadium. This is premier P.J. Flack stuff. So it will not surprise me if Minnesota gives the Badgers quite a game. And that's why I really do not like the seven. I wouldn't mind throwing the Badgers in a tease, getting them down to minus one. Fine. That's okay. I don't think they lose this game. I think the Badgers are playing too well to lose this game. I think their issues stopping the pass will not be an issue against Minnesota because they can't pass the football. So I don't think that's going to be a worry. But seven just feels a little steep to me. Now, the over-under is interesting. And you'd be like, okay, you take the under. These two teams run the football, defense, all all the shit. So it's 39. And it's honestly more of an overplay. The over has hit in four of the last five Wisconsin games and four of the last six Minnesota games. I would not hate you for taking the over in this game. 39 is not a lot of points. Now, I know it'll be cold. I know it will be physical, but there is a lot of things that would tell you this game can can have some points. Like if you look at last year, last year was not it was not a good example of this, but there are multiple examples where this thing has gone over. There have been a lot of points in this this series. It seems to be an active one. And when both teams are rolling, mostly the Badgers, not I shouldn't say both teams, because the Badgers have obviously dominated this series. When the Badgers are rolling in this game, they want to put 50 on these motherfuckers. So I like the over. I think the over is a great, is a much better play than the seven. If you wanted to tease it, honestly, a tease of Wisconsin to one and the over under to 33. Wow. You could be having yourself a day. Like that to me is perfect. I, I've gotten burned so much on same game teases. I think it's because I'm jealous of all the states that have legal gambling where I'm like, I want to have the I want to have the same game parlays like you guys do. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to create my own same game teases. They've not worked out for me um, at all. But I look at that and I'm like, oh my God, that seems too good to be true, right? So take a gander. Maybe, maybe that's something for you on your Saturday betting card. All right, let's do a Chuck's Corner and ride out of here. If you're not familiar with Chuck's Corner, it is a time where I talk about some personal stuff. I talk about things that aren't really sports related. I do it at the end of the show. So if you guys are just about sports, you can turn it off. But I think it's a good look inside of what's what has happened in my life or what's going on or a story from the past. What I'm going to talk about is Thanksgiving Eve, aka Blackout Wednesday, and the memories that I had from it. One of the toughest days of my life, actually, was my freshman year of college. I was still playing football because my team was in the playoffs. I was not playing, obviously. Um, And we could not go home on the 23rd. We had to practice. And all week, I'd heard stuff about... I think we were calling it Wayne Fest. I, I, I believe that was what it was. And my friend Gaddy 
was hosting people in his garage and it was this huge party and this whole thing with his parents and everybody got drunk and it was a great time. I missed it. I entirely missed it because I was out playing football and I, I went home that morning and as someone who is a king of FOMO, I had the biggest amount of fear of missing out. But after that, I kind of had redemption. Redemption is spelled C-H-A-R-L-I-E because I always made it a plan to go out on Thanksgiving Eve and we love going to a bar called Club Tap in in Wauwatosa. It's a great establishment. They have Lolly's Pizza right there. Get yourself a good Lolly's Pizza. You go hang out at Club Tap. And Club Tap was a place... I wouldn't say everybody went to. I would say that a few would go to, but it it was an awesome gathering spot for a few of my friends where we would just live it up. We'd have a great time. We'd see a few people from high school. It was fun. It was like, hey, what are you doing? Everything like that. But as you got older, it was kind of like, what the fuck are you still doing here? (laughs) And it took me a little while. I'll admit it. I'm usually a little late to the party. If you've listened to the Joe Cat's Retirement Pod, you know this. Um, to understand that, hey, this is not for me anymore. This is not for me anymore. And I need to just sort of bow out. I can remember a Thanksgiving Eve where Morgan was doing something with her friends. And I was home alone. Um, and we didn't live together at the time. My roommate Fant and I. And Fant was gone. Uh, he was, I believe, in... Uh, Illinois and so I like stuffed my face with a ton of Chinese which is an odd move right before Thanksgiving but don't judge me and I then was like all right what can I do who's going out whatever nobody was doing anything everybody was down it was like this whole thing and I'm like fuck holy shit and I can always rely on my guy Shay Ken to be DJing somewhere so I, I just hung out with him but at the same time I was like you know what I'm like by myself. I'm like, what, what am I doing here? Why am I wasting money? And that was, I think, the time where I was like, you know what? I'm too old for this. And I'm, I'm just not part of the Thanksgiving Eve culture anymore, which sucks. It's a terrible feeling. I hate it. But that said, as I'm now getting older and it will be a, it pro- probably like two or three years away from this. But I do think Thanksgiving Eve is a great like suburban dad holiday because I do think suburban dads or suburban nights love to go out for Thanksgiving Eve because it's a night for them to go out drinking too and not have any worry of work. Oh, we don't have to worry about work. It's just a free day. We have Thanksgiving, whether we're cooking, whether we're not, go out, have a few drinks, see our friends. It's a great day to gather amongst friends. Now, I think... Things like Friendsgiving, which is another topic for another time, kind of ruin that, kind of take that away. But I think it's a great time to get with your community. And with what happened in Waukesha over the weekend, not to get sentimental, but I think it's really important to be around your community around this time. And I think in suburban neighborhoods like Wauwatosa, like Waukesha, like New Berlin, like Brookfield, and even parts of Milwaukee, the Lower East Side, and and others where you actually live versus people who are like college kids and whatnot. I I think it's important to gather around those people right now. So I do 
think that Thanksgiving Eve still matters in some regard, but I'm, a, I'm like a year or two away from them being back into it. Now, I know some friends of mine have been like, hey, we're looking at maybe Sluggos tonight. And I don't know if that's still on the table, but I also have had an awful health bug all week. And even though I'll be going out to getting some beers from Eagle Park, uh, that will be probably the extent of my drinking tonight, even if I'm starting to feel better because I am, I've been in dire straits, unfortunately, which has been, it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. And who knows, maybe I'll, I'll come have a couple ginger ales and, uh, and hang out because yeah, it's, it's just, it's been unfortunate. It's an unfortunate timing for all of this. Um, but I love Thanksgiving Eve. I love Thanksgiving Eve. I think there's a lot more to it than just blacking out. Um, I know people call it blackout Wednesday. I get it. It's a good, it's a good term. You have the woke people probably telling you that you shouldn't be encouraging blacking out. Yeah. Look, people do it. It's a bunch of college kids coming back from home first time, second time, third time. And usually what happens is the first time you come back and you do a little drinking and it's like, you don't know what your boundaries are with your parents because you're still underage, but you're, you're college. So maybe they're okay with it. Then that second year, you're starting to feel a little more brazen about it. And then that third year, you're 21, maybe. And you're like, fuck it. I'm just going to go and rip. I've had some really hungover Thanksgivings, um, some that I regret where I was like in real rough shape. And then there've been others where I've drank a bunch and it felt okay. Maybe it's because I played in the Turkey Bowl, but shout out to those guys. Again, another thing I'm missing, unfortunately, uh, due to work, but it's always a good time. And even though you do get, there's a period of time where you're too old for it. I promise you that it'll come back because I've seen older people do it. And I just, I think it's more of a community thing once you get older. So I look forward to that uh, as I grow in age. All right, that does it for our show today. We will not be back on Friday um, unless something happens in the next few days. We won't be back until Monday, um, taking some time. I know that it was a little bit of a weird week. We didn't have Mitch. Um, We did a two-parter yesterday. I haven't looked at the numbers on that. Um, so hopefully you guys have enough enough content for you to take you through the weekend. Travel safe if you're traveling. Uh, I'm grateful for all of you that listen. Uh, please tell your friends too. Um, if you're sitting around Thanksgiving, you're like, oh, I have this great, great Wisconsin podcast to listen to. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on everything else. It's happening at Keg Sports. And if they don't really vibe with us or they're like, I'm not sure, you can always follow us on Twitter or Instagram, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram. Give us a little test drive before before you go all in. All right, take care, tappers. Have yourself a great Thanksgiving. We'll uh, we'll see you see you on Monday for Packers Rams. Bye.